Well, this week, we are continuing in our series, if I can get my notes to work, that would be nice this morning. Continuing in our series, Strange Way to Save the World, based on the song by the same name. And we are looking at the questions of the song. And last week, we talked about why me. We looked at Joseph and why Joseph was chosen for the purpose that God had for him to be the earthly father of Jesus. And this is our second week. The second question is, why him? Uh, Joseph, in the song, as he stands by the manger, he looks down and he marvels at the wonder that God chose this way to send the Messiah. Why in the world would he choose this way? Why did he come in this form? Why did he come as a baby in, in a poor town surrounded by shepherds? Why did this happen this way? The Christmas story could have started much differently. The Bible could read, the Spirit of the Lord came upon John the Baptist and told him to go do this. Or the Spirit of the Lord came upon Herod or Caesar or Pharaoh. Or it could have started, and when the time had been reached, Jesus stepped down into the wilderness. But that's not how the Christmas story starts. The Christmas story starts in a different way. It doesn't begin that way. And my experience is that some of the truths of Scripture do not come from certain passages, but from overall stories. We do have a focus passage this week, and it is there in Luke chapter 2. And honestly, it's one verse. Then she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him snugly in cloth and laid him in a feeding trough because there was no room for them. The lodging place. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you right now and we thank you and we praise you for your blessings. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the word that you sent so long ago to be incarnated and to live among us. Father, we ask right now that as we come to this time that you would use this time and use it for your glory. Father, use me as a vessel in the words that I speak be yours and yours alone. Father, we thank you and we praise you. And we ask all these things in your son Jesus and for his sake. And all God's people say. Amen. Now, I don't want this to be a theological treatise. I actually found my inspiration for this, this sermon uh, from an article that I read where a journalist had asked Children, why did Jesus come as a baby? Um, Casey, who was nine, said, well, babies are a sign of love. And Buck adds that when babies are born, everyone thinks they're special. Buck was probably a little jaded, I guess, at that point. But, but John 3.16 tells us that we could have seen that love anyway, just through the actions that Jesus took. So that can't be the only reason. Richard was also nine. He said... Kings would want to kill him. And babies are hard to track. That's, that's logical, but there's some truth to it if you think about it. If Jesus had simply stepped down into the wilderness, every king in the world would have armed for battle. If there had been a huge fanfare, Herod would have went to one house in Bethlehem, but instead he killed all the boys under a certain age. Katie's a little older, she's 11. She said, our God is our mighty God, and even a baby can lead us to the right path. God's ways are often hidden. Jesus said many times that we had ears to hear and eyes to see that the truth would be before us. 
Jesus said on multiple occasions that the residents of the kingdom of heaven were like children. How do you think he knew that? Stuart's 12, we keep getting over here, it looks like. said if he didn't come as a baby, people would have immediately known he was the son of God. By stepping down and demanding our submission, God would have taken away a part of the very image that he created in us. By stepping down and saying, you have to submit now because I am God, he would have taken away that freedom that he gave us at the beginning. Another little girl said that Jesus came as a baby because he didn't want to scare us by rolling back the clouds and saying, hey, I'm God. God didn't want to force himself off us. He wanted us to choose him, to rely on him. Will, an 11-year-old, said he wanted us to know he is humble and a servant. He didn't come with fanfare. He didn't come with an army of angels. He didn't even come with a physical kingdom. Anything that would see him as a ruler, as the world knew rulers, he did not have part of. Instead, he came in this way. Instead, he came as a baby. Instead... The story is very simple. And the time came and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for him in the end. Why did Jesus come as a baby? Why did God choose this strange way to save the world? What is it about a baby that is so important? Because the children are right... Babies are special, right? We all think so. I don't care if you were the, you know, the biggest, baddest, 400-pound football player, wrestler, whoever it is, you see a baby in your mouth. You just want to hold them when you start talking. You know, babies are something about babies. There's something that, that happens to every person. So what was it about babies that made God say this? This is the way. Well, the first thing is, He came as a baby to experience our frail humanity. He came as a baby so that he could be frail. So that he could understand what it was like. So that he would be unable to care for himself. This was the God who said, let there be light in their bloods. This was the God who parted the Red Sea and they walked through on dry land. This was the God who had created manna from heaven. Who sent quail into the desert. This was the God who would let them by a pillar of cloud in the day and a pillar of fire at night. This was the God who could literally do anything. But he came as a baby to experience frail humanity. He entrusted himself to humanity to raise and see through to the fulfillment of his mission. He put himself in that position. He came to experience everything that we experience. Temptation, Hunger, thirst, longing, love, happiness, loneliness, sadness, hurt, pain, sorrow. He came to understand all of those things. Because he could only understand all of those things if he came as a frail human. Only one who has gone through what we have been through can be a sufficient sacrifice. If Jesus had come and never experienced anything and died on the cross, would the sacrifice have been sufficient? If he never understood, I don't know how many times I'll go to somebody who is struggling with something and they'll say to me, you wouldn't understand if you haven't been there. Right? That's the way it works. You wouldn't understand if you haven't been there. That's why you have organizations like 
Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous. Because those people can walk through it together because they have been there and they understand. Jesus in the same way came as frail humanity so that He could experience all of these things and know exactly what it is to be human. He may know humans by every hair on their head and He may understand because He created them, but it's one thing to create humans, it's one thing, another thing to be a human. Jesus was a human. He understood it. He did what He had to do. He came also as a baby though to do what we could not. Although it's technically possible for someone to be sinless for a while, He came as a baby to grow and experience and live through everything so there will be no question that He had done the impossible that we could not do. So when He went to the cross, He was a blemish-free lamb. He had never sinned. He did what we cannot do. He, he made it through. The Bible is clear that he was sinless. He had done nothing wrong. He overcame where we cannot. Hebrews 4.15 tells us that we do not have a high priest who does not understand. We have a high priest who has been there. And he gets it. And he overcame where we could not. So therefore, he can go to the Holy of Holies and say, Dad, I paid the price for them. They are free to be here. He said no to the world and yes to the purity of God. And He came in as a living example for us. And as our sacrifice. You know, people are always saying, well, how do I know what to do in that situation? And I know it's cliche. And it really was in the 90s. WWJD. What would Jesus do? That is literally how you know what to do. What would He do in this situation? I mean, because we can see situations that Jesus was in the scriptures and go, wow. That would that, that wow. The woman caught in adultery. I don't want to preach the whole story. That's a great story there, let me tell you. Because he didn't do what most of us would do. Most of us, some of our sin gets in the way and we start going. She paid the she 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 did the crime, let her pay the time. Jesus didn't do that. He came as an example for us. But He also came as a baby to fully understand the trust He was asking us to have. We have to trust Jesus. We have to trust that He has our, our best desires and our best life at heart. We have to trust that He is going to do what He promised. We have to trust that. Sometimes that's all. Sometimes you're, you're, you're looking at the bills and you're going, this number is bigger than that number. And that number needs to cover that number. I don't know how it's going to happen. we got to trust that God's going to do what God says He's going to do. He came as the baby so we could, so He could fully understand that. He's trusting in a girl. Trusting in a girl to care for. We have to trust ourselves in a, that and an all-powerful, all-knowing God, but we live in a world that says the seed is believing. <laughs> Can't see God. But we, we trust that He's there. We trust in that experience. He had to trust in parents that He chose before He ever stepped down. Sometimes I have a hard time with trust. Because <laughs> if there are jobs that need to get done, I want to make sure 
they get done. You know, and, and my jobs are simple jobs. It's like, oh, somebody needs to turn the sound on in the morning or something. And I want to make sure it's done, so I'm going I'm to go back and I want to double check. How many of us are guilty of things like that? You're lying. <laughs> All of us do that at some point. We sit there and we go, oh, well, okay, you just do that. And then we go back and we go, well, that was very important. Let me make sure they actually did it. Because if they didn't do it, I'm going to do it. Imagine this decision that Jesus has, that God has here. I'm going to trust these two individuals to raise him. I'm going to trust myself into their arms, into their knowledge, and into their circle of friends that they're going to lose efficiently, right? Because nobody's going to believe what's going on. I'm going to trust them. Jesus had to trust in the Father during his temptation. He had to trust. Have you ever not eaten for 40 days? I haven't. I did not eat for seven days one time. After about three days, you're not hungry anymore. But after 40, I can't imagine. But he had to trust in the Father, right? Whenever, whenever the devil came and said, Man, you're the Son of God. Just turn that stone into bread. And Jesus said, Well, my daddy said, Man doesn't live by bread alone. That's trust. He was hungry. You know, we had that is it Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Anybody psychology major from here? Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? And that first need is you got to take care of the physical needs, hunger. Because when you're hungry, things all fall apart. You know, it's like when your kids are throwing fits. The first thing you do is send them to make them eat something. Because if they're hungry, they're not going to act right. Jesus had to trust in the Father in his temptation. He had to trust in the Father during his during the miracles. I know I talk about Jesus, and some of y'all go, I, I don't picture Jesus that way. He was God. But it's also human. Are you secure enough to walk up to someone and say, get up? Take your map and go home. Ooh, that's trusting in the Father that the Father's going to do something. Or how about you got 5,000 people sitting out here listening to you talk? Every church I've been in, something happens at funeral time. Women start panicking we're not going to have enough food. Every church, we just do it. It's just that natural thing. We want to make sure we have enough and there's enough there. Jesus had 5,000 men. If every man had a wife, that's 10,000. If every one of them had two kids, you're looking at 20,000 people. They walk up with a couple of fish and some bread and he says, this is all we got, Jesus. He said, that's okay. Have them sit down in groups. <laughs> he didn't worry we were going to have enough for the potluck. He said, God bless this food. He passed it out. He had faith in the Father. He trusted in the Father. He had to trust the Father in the garden. I can't imagine that day. He's there, and even his disciples can't stay up and pray with him just for a little while. Every time he goes back, they fall asleep again. He's like, get up! And then he goes back. Daddy, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I don't want to go through this. 
But if I had to, I will. I had to trust. He came as he did to understand that type of trust, to put himself wholly in someone else's arms. There has been one human in my life that I've ever trusted completely. That's my mom. Because of the relationship we had. Because she was always there. She, she never turned away. No matter what I did, no matter how bad it was, she was always there. There was a connection. And it came from the trust that I had from the time she spent raising me. Because I can think back and I know and I can remember. I love my dad. The dad came from a generation where you show your love by working hard and paying the bills and making sure they had everything. That was my dad's generation. That's what he did. But mama, she loved on you. She loved on you and she loved on you and she loved on you. My earliest memories are sitting in front of the TV and watching Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers. Come on. Mama loved on you. That's the relationship that Jesus was learning with Mary. He was learning this trust, and so he could trust because he learned to trust there. It's easy to trust your parents when you're in their arms, but when the arms aren't there, it's harder to trust sometimes. But that relationship's there. You can trust later on. Jesus had to trust in the Father, and there were times that he couldn't feel it. Remember the cross? Daddy, where are you? Why have you forsaken me? He had to trust in that moment because he knew that something was different, but he had to trust. And so Jesus came as a baby to understand the trust he was asking us to have, but he also came as a baby to paint a picture of how faith should work in our lives. Faith is born into the lives of Christians. It's born. One of, my, one of the favorite things that I say at Christmas time is, is has the, has the Christ child been born in your life today? He's born. Faith is born. Paul even describes our faith as a growing like a child, right? He said, you are ready for meat, so I gave you milk. Our faith grows a little bit at a time. It grows and it grows. It grows like a child, but he also <laughs> entrusts us with seeing his mission to fulfillment. That's part of our faith. I don't want to talk too much about Mary because we're going to get to her in a couple of weeks. But Mary didn't simply have to endure birth. She had to see his mission through. She had to be there every step of the way. She had to raise him. She had to discipline him. She had to watch him die. We're not given the gospel message to sit in. Sometimes it's nice to sit in here. We have our pew. Pretty much I know where you sit, so I look around and I know when you're missing. And so sometimes it's hard when I'm up here trying to preach and I'm making this list in the back of my head. So and so's gone. And so and so's gone. And so I'm going to call them today. 
We get in these habits, but God didn't give us a gospel message to sit in the pew. He didn't give us a gospel message to stay here. He gave us a gospel message to go out into the world and to share that gospel message. Mary wasn't given Jesus just so she could have a baby. Mary was given Jesus knowing that she was going to have to give him up. Can you imagine? He was born to die. He was born to do this. We're expecting to see the mission through. Through him, we have the powers just to overcome the world. We can say no to the world and we can say yes to holiness. We have an example in a way. We know how to do this. So why him? Why this baby? Why a baby in Bethlehem? Well, so we would know the love of God. Just like the children said at the beginning. Somebody would know the love of God. Because there's nothing that brings love to your heart more than looking at a baby. So that we can have eyes and ears that would be open to the hidden plans of God. So that we would have a choice to choose to entrust ourselves to the care of the Creator. Because he humbled himself and emptied himself into the form of a baby to be tempted, to be tried, to be convicted, to be sacrificed, we can be with him when our time here ends. I have this week that has taken on so much more meaning for me. I. Uh, I have a friend who passed away a couple of days ago. And she wasn't young. She was 97 years old. But she loved Christmas. You would go to her house and it was decked out. Every room had its like little thing. She was, she loved Christmas. And while I'm saddened that I'm not going to get to talk to her on the phone anymore, and I'm saddened that I'm not going to get to go visit her anymore, I rejoice because today she is standing in the presence of the baby that she celebrated every year for 97 years. <laughs> she would always say, well, I didn't accept Jesus until I was, I forgot what age he was, but but I was in the church nine months before I was born. <laughs> Every week. He did all of these things so that when our time here is done, we can be with Him. Jesus had to come as a baby. He had to come as a baby in order to, in order to do the things that needed to be done sacrifice to occur. Maybe this morning you've been having a hard time getting into Christmas spirit. A lot of people are telling me that this year. I don't understand it. I've been in the Christmas spirit for two months now. But 
Maybe you're having a hard time getting into the Christmas spirit. Remember today that baby in Bethlehem. Because babies make us happy. Right? You can't help but smile when you think about babies. I mean, the giggles, the laughs, every little thing. Remember that he came as a baby, entrusted himself to frail humanity, to be frail humanity, so that when he was sacrificed on the cross, he could know what we had been through. There is nothing you have been through that he doesn't understand. There is nothing that you've been through that he cannot relate to, because it's always been there. There is no sin that is really not common to man. There are some of us, and I've had this argument before, well, you know... We live in the internet age, so there are things out there that Jesus couldn't have ever imagine. Well, might not have imagined clicking on a computer screen, but lust has been lust since the beginning of time. It hasn't changed. It may be more readily available to some people, but it hasn't changed. Jesus can understand anything you're going So maybe this morning you've been struggling with that getting into Christmas spirit. Guess what? Christmas is coming. It's on its way. Jesus came to earth 2,000 years ago, 2,020 years ago, actually 2,227. Anyway, we mixed up our years somewhere along the way. But he came. He came to offer us a gift. An amazing gift. Maybe this morning you've been struggling with something else and you want to pray. Well, the altar's open. I'll, I'll pray with you. Maybe this morning you want to serve the missions or ministry. Maybe you want to join this church in membership. Maybe this morning you've never known Jesus as your Savior. Maybe you've never known the baby from Bethlehem. Maybe you've never understood. And you want to know more. Just come down the aisle and say, Brother Troy, I want to know Jesus and we'll go from there. Whatever you need, wherever you're at, give it to Him. Would you pray? Father God, come to you right now and we thank you and we praise you for your blessings. <laughs>